Yeah. 
all blue you there i am here awesome so i apologize i just got back to the house and i've been working on so i didn't realize how messy everything was i had to get it all put together and uh get this sound going on wsn and podbean and while we start i'll get the facebook live going but ralph i apologize i had two of those um radio app windows open and I turned the sound on one, not the other. And the other one was connected. Apparently, they both won't connect. I don't know. It's some weird thing. Uh, but guys, I want to say uh, this is this today is Solid Blue Sister's show. So she let me host one of hers last week, and I wreaked a whole bunch of havoc over there. So <laughs> she came back and came up with a topic that I know is going to do the same over here. So. Uh, she's the host of the show today, 
And I want you to act like it because sometimes my shows tend to get a little bit out of hand and she's going to set your ass straight if you don't. So uh, you you take it away, Lisa. If you want Collins, that's fine. If you just want to talk some us, that's fine. It is up to you and it is your show from here on out. Okay, Michael, first, thank you for having me. And hello, Eric, how are you? Good evening, Solid Blue, and good evening to you, Michael. And, and of course, good evening to our guests in the Podbean chat and those who will also be joining us over on Facebook Live and over on WESN. And a special thank you, of course, to Ralph William over at WESN for making Michael's show over there possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so um, Michael, if you can, I mean, call-ins are fine because I do want to, you know, have a talk with people and I want to hear hear what they have to say. So by all means, um, the call-in feature is fine. Um, and I want to say, so the title of the show is Lisa's title. I did. I don't ever really put a description, but I will when I upload it. Lisa, I was rushing in here. But the description is, do conservatives really believe that there's massive voter fraud or are they afraid that more people of color are going to vote blue or are voting blue so that's kind of the topic of the show now solidly you got me in a predicament because this is something i have talked about on my show and i think people know where i stand but i have never um been outspoken like directly of what i think has gone on uh, I'm going to try to maintain that today, but we'll see. Oh, okay. So, oh. um, I will just start. Um, hello everyone. Uh, thank you for having me on Michael's show. And, um, again, um, I know my topic is going to push some buttons, but, um, you know, as Chill Will says, uh, you have to be open. You have to talk in order for things to move forward. And I think that is 100% true. Um, So, you know, and all of my views are mine. So this is not, you know, uh, reflective of Michael's show or or anything. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So, you know, the whole voter fraud, um, I don't think that it exists. And I'm not saying that because I vote blue. Um, In fact, I was talking, we, um, I did a, or we take the show today for, for friendly differences. And we were talking about voter fraud and um, I have voted red. In 2008, I was actually going to vote for, John McCain. That's not um, voting red. Well, that's hold a, on. That's hold on. Hold on. <laughs> no, no interruptions. Hold on. Let me let, 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 let me get it out. Good. But um, McCain was carrying the red flag as opposed to the blue, so I will say that I was voting red. And um, McCain had had my vote. He had my vote. He had my vote all the way, all the way, all the way um, until. He put Sarah Palin in as his mm-hmm. running mate. And that's when I had to come back and I voted for Obama. Now, I am someone who always votes. 
The very first person I voted for, and yes, I am dating myself, the very first person I, I voted for was Jimmy Carter. Um, throughout uh, my voting life, sometimes I voted red, sometimes I voted blue, sometimes I voted green. It all, I, I voted for who I thought was the best person for the job. But what I've seen is um, in 2020, when Bernie Sanders did not get the nomination and Biden got it, all of a sudden, and this is on tape, all of a sudden, Trump started saying, and this was before anyone even cast one ballot, before one ballot was even cast by, 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 um, by uh, mail or absentee, whatever. He started saying, if I don't win, it's fraud. And he repeated it over and over and over and over and over. And as people tend to do, when you repeat something enough, people will start to believe it. And it kept going on and on and on. So during, so over the summer, all we heard was fraud, 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 fraud. So when the election happened, um, I honestly didn't know which, which way it was going to go. I thought that it could literally go either way. Um, and I was prepared that if Trump won, I would be disappointed. I may be pissed off, but I would have been, okay, he won. All right, let's move on. Let's, you know, this country is a, is in, is in turmoil in terms of how divisive we are. Let's move forward. Okay. But it came back where they said that Biden won. And he hadn't even technically won one yet because they were still counting votes. I don't, I think uh, the election was on a Tuesday. I, I don't think they announced it until I think that Saturday or whatever, but all of a sudden, all these um, lawsuits started coming in where it was fraud, it was fraud, it, it was fraud. And it kept happening and it kept going on. And Trump kept saying it was fraud. The Democrats cheated. You know, people voted. We saw all these ballots being burned, this, this, and this. And all of a sudden, you saw these videos popping up, which anyone could do, you know, whatever. And all these lawsuits started to coming in. And judges, federal judges that Trump appointed, um, we're coming back and saying there's no no fraud. Show sh show us proof, you know. Show us proof, and no one could. All we kept hearing was, "Well, it's coming. We have it. You know, you know, it is there. We are doing it. Whatever." And it went on over and over and over and over. So here we are, two in a, or I'm sorry, one and a half years later, and we're still talking about fraud. I think it's detrimental to the country. I think that um, it has divided this country even more. And before I go on, I'm going to go back up to 2016 with the whole Russian thing. I thought that if there was something there, then Mueller would find it. Now, Mueller came out, and some people say that um, when he came out, Barr redacted some 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 things that should have been said. Um, but again, for me personally, I'm not speaking for the entire party. For me personally, for me, it was whatever he comes out with. If he says that there was no Russian stuff, you know what? I'm just, I'm sick of it. I'm going to move forward. Let's just move on and maybe we'll win in, in 
2020. That's just me. Um, but as we've gone on and I listen to people and I listen to different new news shows. I listen to Fox. I listen to, um, to CNN, MSNBC, BBC. I listen to everything because I want to know what everybody is saying. But one thing that I do think, and this is what my question to, to the audience is, is there a fear that is not so much that um, there was fraud, but it's a fear that America is turning brown. And, you know, when you say we want it the way it was, I have to ask for someone who looks like me, and I think this is, this is fair, it was good for who? What group of people was it good for? Because it wasn't good for everyone. So is there a fear there that if we cry fraud, you know, it'll cover up um, what we really feel. And if you feel that way, that is fine. But do you come out with laws that are going to make it harder for people to, to vote? And most of these laws are in neighborhoods that are black and brown. When Governor Kemp put a law on the books that you can bring people food and water in line. I mean, come on, food, water, someone standing in line for, you know, eight hours to vote. You can't bring water, you know, and in 2020, people who were standing in line for a long time, they had volunteers who went out and bought people pizza in line and food and whatever. I don't understand what, what the issue is there. Um, you make the early voting starting, I do believe now at 2 p.m. And Georgia has a huge souls to the polls where people of color would go to church. They get out of church around 11 or 12. And they would take people to go vote. Now, that's now done at 2 p.m. You know, um, there's just a lot of things that are just so silly to me that it's like, is it really voter fraud? Or is it you're scared of a particular person's vote? Now, going back to 1865, when um, Lincoln freed the slaves, mm -hmm. he was a Republican. And conservatives like to say the Republican Party is the party of Lincoln. They were. They were. The KKK started with Democrats. Democrats started the KKK. Um, when you get into <laughs> World War II and you see what Roosevelt did, Roosevelt was actually a racist. It was his wife that did a lot of things that changed things for people of color. Um, Roosevelt also had communist tendencies too. True. <laughs> you know, so you also have, um, you know, when you look at, when women got the, the right to vote, that didn't include my grandmother. She wasn't part of, of, of that group. You know, my grandmother had to wait another 45 years. You know, so when you just go back and you look at this and you get to 1960 when Nixon was, was running, even though 
black people or or the Negro, as we were called back then, um, even though we couldn't vote, we were rallying around JFK. And Republicans saw this. They saw it starting in the 50s. So in the late 50s, they started the, you know, Southern um, strategy, which would start to look at different ways to make sure that Black people or the Negro didn't vote if they ever got the right to vote. So we did get the right to vote. But then it was, okay, well, go and count how many jelly beans are in a jar. If you can count and figure out how many jelly beans are in this jar, then you can vote. But of course, the jelly beans, we always got it wrong, so we never got a chance uh, a chance to vote. You know, so all the things that, you know, that was that was that's leading up to to now the parties kind of flipped so it wasn't the 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 democrats who were so much as suppressing black people i mean they still are don't don't get me wrong (laughs) they definitely are but now you have the conservative party that's doing it so here we are and i'm in a group where nobody as far as i'm concerned nobody likes us you know, we're I'm 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 in this group where it's like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Um, I'm in a group where, um, you know, if I'm in a certain part of the country, um, people will question my right to, to vote. Um, so I question: Is it really voter fraud? Because out of all the millions of ballots that were cast in 2020, there were actually only 475 ballots that were actually found for fraud. And most of them were not blue, they were red. So is voter fraud really an issue? And why is it an issue now? Why is it with voter ID and all this other stuff? We didn't need it 20 years ago. We didn't need it, you know, you know, 10, 10, 10 years ago or whatever. I mean, it's like all of a sudden it's all this voter fraud. All of a sudden it just pops up. And I think it started with the voter fraud and, and where we are now actually started in 2009 to 2010 because the Tea Party started saying it and it ramped, and it ramped up. And I want to say one, one more thing and then I'll be quiet and listen, let any of your listeners call in or whatever. Um, the Tea Party, to me, ruined the Republican Party the way the progressives are ruining the Democratic Party. <laughs> I think both of them have taken both parties down a dark road where to recover from it is going to be hard. Um, I think that when you start getting radical left and radical right and there's only two parties it's a very very dangerous road and i think we are there and i think that the two-party system should go away i think we need to have four or five um, because you need to have choices and right now there are no choices for me it's the lesser of two evils but they're both evil to me 
and the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are two of the biggest crime families in the country. <laughs> that is what I think. So anybody want to push back or agree with me, uh, or disagree, I have no problem. But the only thing I ask is that you keep it respectful, please. I will do that for sure. Um, so it, I will say this because I was when you when you initially started making your point, the first thing that came to mind is, OK, if you feel like there wasn't fraud in 2020, then you need to make the same statement for 2016, which you did. So I applaud you because you're, you're consistent. Uh the first time we heard of voter fraud, at least me, right? And people heard about this. I know it's been going on. I know the first election after the Civil War, there was a lot of voter fraud in the South. Not so much voter fraud, but voter suppression. Um, because it's not like they were faking votes. They were just not submitting votes. And we know all about that. Um, but 2016 is when it became a huge deal, where they started investigating it. And it ultimately led to an impeachment. You know, in 2016, that whole debacle started before Trump even won. You know, the whole Russia collusion thing and, and all that. And um, so in reality, the Democrats are the ones that kind of started that train. And it definitely got pushed a lot faster down the road by the Republicans in 2020. You know, I don't think if... I don't think it's a matter of people are worried about the wrong demographics voting. I will say, I think it's, there is a strong concern against uh, illegals voting. And I know you and I share the same opinion, solid. You know, as far as the voter ID, I think you should have to have an ID. But the reason being, and I know you said, well, it wasn't a thing before, you know, before, well, when did it come about? I, I believe, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, it was like 2017-ish after uh, the whole Russian collusion deal, after all that stuff went down, is when the 2000, you know, it started becoming an, an, an issue. But it's also an issue to keep illegals from voting in our elections because there have been voting bills that have been tried to be passed this year. There's two, and I've read every single bit of each one of those bills, by the way. And it was going to open up, at least give the opportunity for illegal people coming in here to vote. And it's not that they were are allowed to, it's still illegal for them to do so, but they weren't, weren't going to verify it. And if anyone questioned, you know, that someone was illegal, you actually can go to, they were going to penalize you, like send you to, the, to jail. If you were like, let's say it was just me, a random person a random citizen. And, you know, I don't know why someone would do this anyway, but if you're at the voting booth and you looked over and you saw a Mexican there and you're like, Hey, I think he's illegal. And you questioned it, which again, I think is wrong. I'm just giving you a scenario. Uh, they were going to punish you for it. So they were trying to do everything in their power to deter states from uh, not allowing anyone to vote. It, so you have that issue, and I think that allowing illegals to vote actually undermines a lot of the minority vote that, like you, where you go vote every time, you know, you do everything right, you are a citizen, you have the right to vote. Obviously, there are things that have happened in the past in the United States, at, you know, prior to the Civil War, 
you know, with the, you give the 14th amendment, then you go and you give women the right to vote. So nothing has always been perfect. It's developed over time, but where we're at right now in our history, there's no reason someone shouldn't be able to go vote. Uh, you know, I what I think every state has an early voting period. If you're waiting in line, you know, I, I want to say the precinct I go is predominantly black. I'm one of very few white people when I go there and vote. And the lines are extremely fast. No one's waiting in line. And I usually go vote on the day of the election. I don't, I don't think I've ever done early voting. I've never seen anyone get turned away ever. So... I don't have experience witnessing anyone waiting for eight hours. Now, I've Pew Research had a study came out last year talking about the voting demographics in 2020. It did say that black people claim to have waited longer than everyone else. But the difference was, I believe these areas were, uh, I have to remember, either highly congested areas in the middle of a big city like in Atlanta, or they were rural areas where they didn't have many precincts. But either way... Uh, there's so many opportunities for people to go and vote. It's a, you know, it's hard for me because Michael Steele and I have had this argument because he said that, uh, you know, oh, the natives weren't allowed to vote and the, the college students weren't, around, weren't allowed to vote. Well, I debunked the native deal. And as far as the college students are concerned, you got to register to vote. There's certain things you got to do and take responsibility that you and me and everyone else that's voted has taken the responsibility to do, to go register and all that. Does voter fraud exist? I don't, maybe, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't discount it. I'm not going to say it does or it doesn't. Honestly, I don't have an opinion. I haven't been shown, I haven't paid attention to evidence enough either way. But, Statistically, when you look at Biden's um, uh, support right now, and then you look at how many votes he got, and then you look at the total amount of votes in 2020 compared to 2016, which I would say was just as big of an election, honestly. And you also had COVID that was supposedly deterring people from going and voting, yet more people actually showed up at the boost to vote than ever you know it's like what 160 something million people voted that's over 50 percent of the united states population and you had states where like wisconsin where you have you know you register to vote while you're going to vote there's certain rules i don't think that should be allowed i think you should have to take the time and the responsibility to go register to vote before you go and actually vote just like the mail-in voting, I think there can be a lot of issues with the mail-in voting. I know it's been around for a while, and I know that people have certain reasons they need it. But to just say that, you know, well, everyone can go and, and we're going to just ship ballots out to everyone, I don't agree with it. Because then you get people just spilling ballots out and sending them back, whether or not it's legal or not. Whether or not they count them or not, it still makes it all hectic. It's hard for me to believe that Biden got eighty over 80 million votes. Again, just looking at his approval ratings now, because I don't see, because you can't deny this. You can't deny, like, when I see, I saw boat parades with Trump flags. I go around here, and I'm in Tennessee, yeah, but when I go to Florida, when I go anywhere, I'll see Trump signs, I'll see Trump stickers, I'll see all that. I have never, ever, maybe in California is different, 
but I've never seen a Biden flag on a boat, a car, a sticker, nothing. No Harris flag, nothing. Can I can no, I can I, can I respond to that? Yeah. Okay. In terms of um, Biden getting 80 million votes, I think that he did. And I don't think that you can compare what his approval ratings are now. Look at what his approving approval ratings were at the beginning of, of 2021. So that definitely supported his 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 80 million votes. You know, mm -hmm. and I think more people turned out to vote in 2020 because there were such stakes on on the line. A lot of people saw this as one group was saying, saying, oh my God, if Trump, you know, doesn't win, you know, America's doomed. Another group was saying, oh my God, if 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 if, if Trump you know, um, or, or, or Biden doesn't win, well, then, well, then uh, America's doomed. So you have to, I mean, you have to look at, you know, where was Biden in, in, in 20, in 20, yeah, in, in, in 2021. So, and then in terms of the stickers or whatever, this is what I say to Bernie people. Um, when Bernie lost, you had all these people who all his supporters came out and said, oh, my God, Hillary only had one person, you know, when she went out to speak and Bernie had 10,000. OK, but that one person went to vote for Hillary. Those 10,000 didn't. And one thing that Bernie that and I'm using him because because this is the, the best way that I can say it is Bernie had a segment of people which were young who usually didn't vote. Hillary had people like me. Who were who were older, who were middle of 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 the road, who weren't so far left, whatever, and we went to vote. We were used to standing in line. I mean, I talked to Bernie people who were bitching and moaning about Trump. Oh my God, I can't believe he won. I can't believe he won. Did um, um did did you vote? No. And I said, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you That's didn't true. vote. That then, is right. You're right. You know, but but seriously, shut up. So mm -hmm. and then I and then when you ask them again, well, how, how come you I didn't want to stand in line? Oh my god, that line, you know how how long that, that line was? But meanwhile, little old Mrs. Jones, you know, who 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 can barely move, mm -hmm. she went and she stood in line for six six hours and she cast her ballot and her person won. So, you know, people, you know. People, 2020 was a high stakes election for a lot of reasons, you know, so I do believe that that many ballots were cast. I believe that Biden did get his 80 million, um, you know, but, it, you know, but um, people did go out to vote. And again, you look at where Biden was in 20 in 21 and you look at where where he is now. You know, I'm sorry, but the numbers do and the polls do support it. Do you think it's supported again? Do you think, I mean, he, there's no way he would get that kind of voter turnout now, right? I think that Biden will not run again. I think he has to say it just because of politics, whatever. Um, I think that what would happen was not so much of him not getting that. I think that a lot of people would stay home. And I think a lot of people of color would, would stay home. But one thing that I do believe 100% is both parties need the black vote. They can say that they don't, but they do. 
they need the black vote. They need the Latino vote. In this day and age, yeah, I agree. Because especially so, the Republican and, Party does. And, and I think that both parties, the way they're approaching us is a completely wrong way, you know, whatever. Because as far as I'm concerned, both parties talk out of both sides of, of their mouth, you know, whatever. And it comes down to the lesser of two evils. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I think um, definitely, I think the Republicans need the black vote and the Hispanic vote more than the Democrats do. Because the Democrats are such a majority that I think they could lose a little bit in the, in the minority brackets. Because this actually showed uh, in this last election because Trump actually got a lot more of the Latino vote than anyone expected and than any other Republican has ever gotten, I, I believe. He uh, almost won Miami-Dade County, which has never happened in uh, as far as as far as I know. And a lot of that was because of the Cuban vote. And I have and, my, my, my views on the Cubans also, but I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, but regardless, what I'm saying is he gained in that aspect and still lost. And so I think it goes to show and, – and Trump got far more votes. I mean – in terms of number, he's the second popu most popular president ever because of how many votes he got in, in 2020. And Biden would have been the most popular if you're just going off voter count, right? Um, so he, yeah, the Republican Party especially needs those the black vote. And the black population is somewhere around 12 or 13%. And that's a large enough demographic that you have to have it. What I'll say... I don't think there's as much going on in the presidential elections as people want to say on both sides. Now, where you could argue there is fraud and, you know, sketchy things going on and 100 percent is in the uh, midterms for not so much Senate, but for the House of Representatives. And when you start talking about the districts, because it, then you bring gerrymandering into it mm -hmm. and both parties do this. Whatever party's in power is going to realign those districts, right, to cut out voters. And that is true voter suppression when they do that. Um, that's where the re reform needs to be made. And that was in those bills. I didn't can't remember exactly what they, they – they were going to do something with the gerrymandering. But my problem is this, Lisa, when it comes to the voting – or not the voting. I don't have a problem with our voting system. I have a problem with this current administration – being hypocritical on a, on a filibuster and blaming uh, the filibuster, which is something that they use along with Republicans, you know, to to push an agenda or keep an agenda from being passed, uh, they were willing to eliminate that rule or that strategy. It's not even a rule; it's a strategy uh, to pass the two voter bills. Those two voter bills were nationalizing the election and trying to turn us into a popular vote, which would be the worst thing for not just the United States, but for the minority communities and for the middle America too. middle America being this, the middle States, the, the flyover States, all of them. And they were doing so because they, the Democrats know they have the vast majority of the demographics for voting. And if they can do that, then they will more than likely uh, win every election from here on out because of that majority that they have. And so they're doing things not because 
it's going to be good for black people or Spanish people. They're doing it so because it's going to be good for them to stay in power. I mean, but okay, but that is that is obvious. But before you start talking about you know the the, the filibuster, let's look at what Mitch McConnell did. You know mm-hmm. when um, you know when they were in charge of the House and Senate, and just just in terms of just in terms of Supreme Court picks, mm-hmm. what he did was you're talking about the the. The, the filibuster when they were in power he did something that was just downright callous and downright dirty mm-hmm. when 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 Scalia died you're going to tell me you're going to keep an, an open seat for a year a mm-hmm. year I mean come on now if the Democrats had done that you know that the Republicans would have been screaming to high high heaven I mean these, these are the same people who got upset because Obama won, wore a beige suit? Okay, so I mean, I mean, I mean that's petty. So if you want to talk about, you know, in terms of what they can do, whatever. If the Democrats um, were able to do that, of course, yes, the popular vote, of course, you all, the Republicans would probably never win another one. You're absolutely right. So then you fast forward to I can't even remember the woman's name, the one that was pushed through and nominated in like three weeks, whatever. I mean, even then it, you know, it was not following the rules. Hmm. And, you know, as much as the conservatives want to talk about the Democrats, let's talk about how the constitution from 2016 to 2020, in my opinion, was totally crapped on over and over and, and over mainly by one person. Well, so, wasn't the last girl that was uh, appointed though she was appointed with a democratic majority yes yes but but no they appointed I'm, her no, too. I'm, no I'm, I'm talking about what is the woman's name who i know the you're, the one who, she, she was at notre dame the white girl she's a uh, yeah uh, eric what's her name um um is it harriet myers who had to withdraw no no, the, no i'm talking about i'm talking Aaron. about for the supreme court who was the last yeah. woman that was that who was the woman um amy coney Barrett yes, was yes, the, yes, the most yes, recent yes. one yes yes yeah, her. you know so i mean you look at how her nomination and everything was 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 pushed through because you know mitch mcconnell wanted to make damn sure that if you know trump did not win that she would be on the court and how many federal judges has he pushed push through, just bomb, bombarded, did not do it the right way, whatever. So, again, this is where I come back and I say there are assholes on both sides, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm willing to admit that the Democrats, oh, hell yeah, we, we have assholes. I think one of the worst picks that Biden could have made was picking Harris as vice president. Now... I'm not going to totally diss her because she was a kick-ass attorney general. She was a kick-ass senator, my opinion. But I think that she should have stayed in that role. I think that she that that his pick with her was totally off. I think he put himself in, he painted himself into a corner when he stood on that CNN stage with Bernie Sanders and said, oh, yeah, sure, um, I'm going to pick a female v- v- VP because then it locked him in and he had no choice. He had to pick somebody. And out of the choices that he had, even though I think every one of them had something good, 
But as a VP, no. I thought he, there were other people who he could have chosen who were male. You know, so, but I'm not going to knock the the VP because I think that she has done good in, in public office, not just here. But I'm willing to call call her out. How many how many people on the other side are willing to call out other people? I call out people on the left all the time because a lot of them are nuts. Then again, a lot of people on the right are also nuts. <laughs> you, know, so, you have to be somewhat nuts to want to take a role on like that. I mean, right. I mean, I, I mean, I would never, ever want to to run run for office. And actually, the the you know, what I tell people is is not. The, the president that we should be worried about is these local races. It's these it's these state races because that's where the laws are actually made. Mm -hmm. You know, so you know that's that's where, where 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 you should look. But right now, on both sides, you know, if we don't find some way to come together, I don't care if if the if the Democrats, you know, win in november or if the republicans win in november either way in my opinion america's screwed because everyone who is running all of them are corrupt and they all you know so you can say oh biden this and we have you know gas prices are high whatever guess what gas prices were going to be high anyway we're coming off of a pandemic we're coming off for two years and everybody been being locked in their house going cuckoo, you know, whatever. But um, I mean, you know, so when you throw in the, the voter fraud and all this other stuff, we need, we're, we're gonna have to find a way to get ourselves together because I think we are an embarrassment on the, on the international stage. We look ridiculous. We have school shootings left and right. We got this shooting, whatever, everybody killing everybody. I mean, you know, this, you know, this, this um, uh, senator is sleeping with this person. This person is having an affair with this person. I mean, seriously, it's just gotten to the point where it is just, it is just ridiculous on both sides. And we need to find a way to figure it out. Um, going back to the filibuster, do you know what the most famous example of the filibuster being used is, Lisa? Was that the only one that I can think of is when Ted Cruz stood there and read green eggs and ham or something. <laughs> nope. What? Actually, the filibuster was used by uh, Democrats in 1957-ish to 1964 to block the Civil Rights Act from being passed. You know who that was? It was Storm Thurmond, who actually converted to the Republican Party. Storm Thurmond was one of Biden's very close friends and helped him write the uh, um, the justice reform, the criminal justice stuff in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, you know, going back to like what you were talking about, like with JFK, go listen to JFK talk. JFK was highly conservative, aligned far more with me than he did any other progressive today. Uh, now his vice president, was a very racist person, but I, and I've read, I've read the story and I know there's certain things, but promises were made to, uh, MLK and them and they ended up aligning with them, but MLK, I'm pretty sure aligned more with the Republican party than he did 
Johnson. He 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 absolutely did. I mean, I I'm well aware of all that. He he, yeah. he absolutely did. You know, and and I am also aware that JFK, you know, made very nasty remarks about people of uh, color, you know, but mm -hmm. the way I look at it is like this, whether you want to say that you're the party of Lincoln, okay, that's fine. Um, you want to say, you know, that, you know, you know, um, whether you're JFK or Johnson, whatever, the bottom line to me is I'm still dealing with white people, mainly white men who no matter what side they're on, um, at that time said some pretty nasty things and no one gave a shit about us. And they forgot about the nasty things too. Cause I'm not discounting. I mean, our, this oh, is they, where, you no, know, they, they didn't forget. They just don't mention it. Ignore. They didn't forget. So, they just don't mention it. Because I make it a point. I think I, I actually get a kick out of Washington. I, I don't, I won't necessarily watch the Republican primaries as much as I actually watch the Democrat. I actually watch the other side more than I will watch uh, my own. But one thing I caught was Harris was crushing Biden on his racist rhetoric in the past while he was a senator. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, just destroying him mm -hmm. on it. And then all of a sudden, she's his VP and so happy and best friends and all that stuff. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, this is completely against everything that you've talked about on your platform, Kamala. But, but, and, but Michael, but they, but, but they all do that. So that's why I know I'm, they do. And I'm just pointing out a problem. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm pointing out a fundamental problem, right? Because no one's genuine. Right. If you go look at Clinton, when he ran for office, highly, con I'm talking about Bill, highly conservative in the beginning. And he kind of changed his rhetoric a little bit. There's a lot of Republicans like Bill Clinton. Um, and there's a lot of Republicans that have definitely, I, myself, have changed their rhetoric on George Bush. <laughs> he was terrible. I think he's caused a lot of problems that we have today, especially over overseas. Um, I, don't, I don't think George Bush, I did not vote for him. I don't think George Bush was a bad man. I think the people surrounding him it gave him bad advice and he made very bad choices, but I don't think that George Bush was a bad man. I think George Bush was put in a situation that would have been tough for anyone at the beginning for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that he made the wrong decision going to Iraq. Mm -hmm. uh, and that ultimately led us into a very long, expensive and dark hole. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Afghanistan was fine. I get that. We shouldn't have been there as long, but that wouldn't have been on him. But the Iraq thing was on him, and that's caused problems. You know, it. Uh, this goes back and forth. A lot of any politician that you know serves more than like a term or two terms and doesn't get out, I think you're fake because you're there. You're making it a career, and to make a pol politics a career, you got to play the game. And that's not what I want. I don't want someone that's there playing the game. If, if people aren't hating you because you don't want to conform to certain ideas, then that's what I want. Whether I agree with you or not, at least I know what you are thinking. I know why you got voted in, and I know you're not going to sway away from, um, you know, what's your, what your opinion is. And, and you're, Tulsi Gabbard is a good example, and I don't necessarily align with Tulsi Gabbard economically because i don't think she's very smart economically foreign policy wise though she's, she's very smart 
Uh, she's kind of middle of the road, but she she's no longer uh, in Congress. She ran for president, though. But I was listening to her, and she talked about when she first got elected, her first day in Washington, She they had a meeting. They When she got there, they immediately split up the rookie uh, representatives, right? Democrats went with Democrats, Republicans went with Republicans. She said that's the last time, before she walked in there, was really the last time that she was able to converse with the other side, which is a big problem. And then she said in the meeting that she sat down and the only thing that mattered, and this goes both ways, was wins for the party. They don't care about what it is. We are not going to let the other side win. We are going to win. And just like, I don't know if you knew this, but the majority of a, of a politician's day is dialing for dollars and trying to get money absolutely for campaign purposes and for um you know their party and i have a big problem with that why you know and i have talked about this extensively here um disregarding what i think changes need to be made why aren't they calling people in their districts you know why aren't they calling cold calling the people they represent, whether they voted for them or not, give them a 10-minute call. You know, if you did that every day, if you called, you know, 10 minutes and you called 10 people a day, so what would that be? 100 minutes worth of calling, so an hour, less than two hours worth of your time. And you could probably, by the time you get out of there, have spoken to everyone in your district or at least attempted to. And that would give you a better idea on what, the people you're representing are looking for and what they want. You would be more in tune with the regular everyday American. And right now they're not because now the majority of their calls are to wealthy uh, corporate, you know, people that they know are going to write those checks to them because they're being lobbied to. Uh, and it creates a big conflict of interest, a big conflict of interest. When you go back and you do your, it doesn't take a lot of research to know that Joe Biden has substantial conflict of interest in Ukraine and China, but so does Mitch McConnell. So does uh, a whole bunch of people on both sides. It's a big problem, but the, all they care about is staying in power. That's why they come out with these voter bills. They'll pitch voter suppression. Maybe there is voter suppression, but they'll make it 20 to 100 times worse than what it actually is so that they can go and try and push a legislation that will favor their party and keep them in power. And that 100% goes on, and that's the problem. It, you know, it's where I start to lose confidence is I don't think that there's actually laws that they're keeping anyone from voting. I think it's just do we have confidence in the votes we're placing? And when you go and you start, uh, you know, crying wolf or whatever it is, you know, about these ballots are here, they're not being submitted or, or, uh, you know, this happened with this machine or whatever, whether true or not, people are listening and they're going to start questioning the legitimacy of any election. And I do always say, and one of the reasons I don't, well, but don't you, but don't you think that that's dangerous that every time there's an election, there's somebody who's going to say, yes. wait, you know, you know, is, is, it is. is this fair? Oh, no. It is. Here's the thing. 
it's kind of a double-edged sword because do I want it to happen? No. If they catch it, do I want them to take care of it? Absolutely, 100%. But I want to be confident in the United States election process because if we can't be confident in that, what can we be confident in, right? That's why I don't come out and just say, yeah, it was stolen or yeah, it was legitimate and give my opinion because I want so bad for it to be legitimate. And I also would never be one of those people who say, Biden's not my president. No, Biden is my president. I hope Biden succeeds. I don't like him. I don't think he's doing a good job at all. I think he's doing terrible, but I hope he succeeds. I hope he turns it around and, and I like him by the end of his term because that helps everybody. I don't want a president to fail. Why would anyone want that, right? Unless you live in another country. And even if you live in another country, you don't want that because it screws you too. But, you know, you won... And I have to acknowledge that. That's fine. It goes both ways. And, you know, because the next time when I win, I want you to accept those results as well. And see, and that's another danger for you don't have a peaceful transfer of power. You know, and I thought what Trump well, We haven't had it. When, it's been pretty peaceful throughout our hit. I don't think, I mean, you people no, but, look at the but, game. But, 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 when he, but when he did not show up, at the inauguration, you know, um, that sent a signal to his to his supporters that Biden was not the person who was in charge, you know, and I thought that it made him look bad, you know, because had Obama did that, the right would have been all 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 over him. And you know, that's true. You know, so protocol, whether you like it or not, it should still mean something. I mean, there are a lot of things that Trump did that I didn't like. I held my nose and, you know. The inauguration deal, though, correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't go, a lot of that had to do with the um, impeachment allegations and the allegations around January 6th, too. They didn't want any issues, and he stayed away because he didn't want there to possibly be any issues either. I think he did that more for, uh, you know, look, this this January 6th deal just happened. There's a lot of heat going on. They're already impeaching me uh, or in the process of it. So I'm just going to hang back and not even make – because you know if he would have been there, it would have been all about him and nothing would have been about the transfer power and Biden being inaugurated or nothing like that. And I think that's actually what played into that. It wasn't necessarily a procedural deal or that he didn't want to go. It's that – you know, it was kind of not the right thing to necessarily do at that time. Um, I, I beg to, to disagree, but okay. All right. All right. You know, and, and I'm glad that, um, you know, Biden, you know, he was late getting to wherever he was supposed to, to get to, I guess, over to the, to the Capitol or whatever. And he, you know, <laughs> said that he was just going to wait until Trump did his, his thing, wait until when he got to the air, airport and, gave his speech before he, he got on the plane and left, you know, and he did whatever he, he he wanted to do. But either way, it's like we cannot go through this every four years. I mean, it's it costs taxpayers money. My money went on stupid crap that it shouldn't have, have gone on. And we just cannot do this. The, the country cannot deal with this. I mean, it has just, I mean, it's, it's like the Civil War. You have the North and the South and you have, you know, families that are, not speaking to each other anymore. I mean, it, it, it just has to stop. So what do we do to fix it? 
Yeah, but at least in the South, we don't speak to each other when when one of the college football teams beats another one. So, I mean, you know, that's that's not. I'd say it, you know it's actually more reasonable that they don't speak to each other over politics. But, um, you know, what was I going to say? You I think, know what I meant. I know. I'm giving her that. Like 2016, though, is when this really started going downhill. And it started before Trump even won. <laughs> like yeah. They started trying to investigate him, and then they spent so much time and effort investigating him, and it went nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. They impeached him twice. One time, he wasn't even president. And then they impeached him the first time over a supposed call that Zelensky said never even happened. But it wasn't even about that call. It was more so about everything else they were accusing him that led up to that. They were trying to get him out from day one. And, you know, maybe from some of the population, Biden's had to deal with that. But Biden has not had to be deal with anything even near the criticism that Trump did from both sides. So that's where it really started. Um. And you're right, though. I hope it doesn't keep getting worse. It's like, because that's, that, you know, it's, it's, hopefully it doesn't get to the point where every time we have an election, it's like, shit, is there going to be a damn civil war breakout over this? <laughs> I mean, and I, and, and, and I do believe that there are people who want a civil war in order to see if, if things can go a, a certain way. I definitely believe that 100%. We don't want that. No, no, no. Um, we got Crucible Man in here. He called up. I want to let him talk. He's been waiting patiently. Uh, you there, Crucible? I guess not. Um, he's uh, apparently muted. Uh, you there? Hey, everybody. I'm here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've been listening to you guys, and the, the conversation has been taking twists and turns, as it always does, and it's it's been fascinating, but... I, I kind of want to go back a little bit to the original premise of the of the of the show, and that was voter fraud. And um, Solid and I have had conversations about this in the past, and on some things that I agree it is. You are breaking up. No, I'm sorry. Um, you're going in and out of the matrix there, Crystal. Um, if you could repeat what you're saying. <clears throat> Sorry, my reception was bad in that room. Better? You sounded okay. better. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I guess so what I was kind of referring to was <clears throat> as far as voter fraud or voter suppression is concerned, whatever we decide are the, are the ground rules for voting, how, how, how many polls are going to be available, polling places I should say, are going to be available, what their hours are going to be, what the ground rules are for mail-in voting, absentee ballots, whatever the gamut runs these days, as far as our options to vote, as long as those are communicated clearly up front by state, by municipality, by jurisdiction, clearly with plenty of time prior to the election date. I'm not understanding why with so many options today and so many ways to vote, 
as long as everybody's on the same page, whether they agree or not, that's a, that's a, that's a stipulation I think is important. Agreeing with what the landscape is and what the ground rules are is not the same as having them communicated to you. So as long as we know, let's just say a month or two months ahead of time, that polling places that used to be available to me are no longer available to me for um, uh, real estate issues, maybe it's too expensive, whatever the reason is that they decide to close polling places, mainly because I think a lot of people don't go to the polls these days. They vote by mail or absentee. So I guess my question is, as long as everything is communicated clearly and with enough lead time for people to plan accordingly, how can we have voter suppression or voter fraud? And actually, that's a different question, voter fraud. Voter suppression in 2022. Agree. In theory, I think that's great. But then again, why should we have some of these suppressive laws in the first place? And some of them that are, like I said, that are downright stupid. I mean, really? Water? Seriously? I'm, and literally, and not only is it that you cannot give people water or something like, I can be arrested if I did. Really? Seriously? Well, that is stupid. That is completely stupid. You know, and then so, when you and then yeah. when you look at some of these voting places, a lot of the voting uh, polling places that have been closed are in places where people of color vote. A lot of these polling places, you know, so they have to drive further. Now you can say, well, if you knew that, you know, that you have to go vote over in in, in this county and you live here and you're 20 miles away, in some of these areas, which is calculated that are poor, they don't have cars. They're not able to just get off work and then jump in their car and they're there in like, you know, 15 minutes. A lot of these people, they don't have cars. You know, and then as far as, as voter ID goes, you know, you have a lot of people who, in order to, um, at least here in, in California and, and, and Illinois, when I live, live there, in order to get an ID or a driver's license, you had to show a birth certificate. A lot of people cannot get that. A lot of people, you know, when, you know, a, a lot of the, the, the courthouses and what have you, you know, um, that had a lot of the, um, the information for, you know, black people, they were burned, intentionally burned back during civil rights. So a lot of that stuff couldn't be found. And back then we didn't have, you know, iPads and things like that. Things were written down by 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 hand. So what do you do? They have to, a social security card. But so, but practically, know, but practically so, speaking, but, South, but, but, South. But, even, but even still, you you do have people who don't have SS numbers. Yeah. You know, so. But practically speaking, you are correct. If there are birth certificate problems or documentation problems, I I, I do agree with that. But conceptually speaking, as I have read the data when they poll African-Americans overwhelmingly, and I mean overwhelmingly, in the 75 to 80% percentile, agree that voter ID is important for voting. So I don't know that the documentation thing is an issue for sure, but on a kind of concept basis, most African-Americans don't agree that they shouldn't have to show an ID. They want to show an ID. So I, I don't know that, that that's consistent with what, other African-Americans think. 
Well, I would say this. Whether or not they agree or disagree, if anyone, one person is disenfranchised from voting, just one, because they're unable to get a, a birth certificate that is not their choice, that, that is not their fault. That's, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. You know, so whether, I, I don't care if it's 80% or 99%, if that other 1% cannot vote because of an issue that is not of their doing, I have a huge problem. And that's not just that's racial. fair. That's fair. That's along all lines, you're saying. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I don't care if, if 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 it's the you know white person who was born in in, in Aunt May's, you know, back um, um back back room and their birth was never, you know, written down. It's not fair. That person is still a citizen and they should be able to vote and not having an ID should not be a reason not for them to vote. Well, I and think I'll go and, and a social security card is not an I is not an ID. And you yep, have you to have you know so you got to have a, a a birth certificate to get a social security card. That's what I was getting at with the with the birth certificate thing. If they had an SS card but they didn't have a birth certificate then I was like how do they get a social security card, right? Um, and, 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 and Michael, I do want to go back to something that you said. Um, so everyone knows who is listening. I am 100% against any illegal, no matter if they're from Mexico, if they're from Haiti, if they're from Paris, if they're from Germany, wherever. If you're not a citizen, you should not vote. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. How do you verify it then if, they, if you're not showing ID? When you register to vote, mm -hmm. you have to, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you show a gas bill? But then again, anybody can go and get their name on a gas bill. I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know. You know, but, but again, just like this wasn't an issue 20 years ago. It's an issue now. And again, I say because the country is turning brown. Mm -hmm. And there's a fear there. There is a fear. But I'd say it's turning brown, not necessarily in the sense that I think you're thinking of, because I don't think that, yeah, there's more black people that are voting, but the population of black people isn't just like skyrocketing. But the population that is skyrocketing rocketing is the illegal population that's coming from the southern border. 250,000 people a month that we know but of. But how many of them, but, but Michael, how many of them actually vote? Because well, I don't you, know. You because you, know. you still have uh, a a a majority of that population who they're afraid to register, they're afraid to vote because they're afraid that someone will will find them out and they'll get sent back. So yeah, but that's that's going away because they're being a lot more lax on them, and they're opening that up now. And and you're seeing starting to see more of it. Again, I don't know how many actually voted, but I think a lot of it comes from the fear that they will vote. And then a lot of the ID stuff comes from foreign interference because an illegal voting is like direct foreign interference. That's like the worst oh, kind of interference, yes, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. And so I think that that like the Russian interference could have sparked a, a movement here. But then now when you see the amount of people that are coming across and this the the because again the voting bills did not get passed but i always tell people this it's about intent biden's tried to pass a build back better plan 
yeah, it didn't pass, but that doesn't mean he wasn't wanting all of that stuff to take place. Same thing with the voting bill, right? Just because it didn't pass doesn't mean that Democrats didn't want all of that stuff in there. Obviously, they did. And so they are likening to the fact that, you know, well, we can give these people the opportunity to come in here and start voting and giving them benefits and stuff. And that is, I think, the main concern. Because I've never been anywhere, and I live in the South, and you know, I'm starting to find out that it seems like the South is a lot more uh, open and um, accepting of each other in different races. Because, I mean, you just don't see a lot of this stuff. Everyone gets along here for the most part, and everyone you know thinks it's the opposite, and it's not. I've been up north, and it's far more divisive up north it's not even close when you're in the south well I, and- it, I did grow up in the um um in the segregated north the most segregated city in 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 the north so yes and they didn't even have jim crow laws up there and th- imagine how you, you know so i mean that's uh just it, it's beyond me because you're like you said the segregated north what what changed right there was nothing to change they didn't have slavery or Jim Crow laws, but they still applied them. But in the South, at least you can see that they got rid of the Jim Crow laws, but you don't even notice a lot of the stuff that you hear about anymore. I think there's very good relationships down here for the most part, but it doesn't seem to be that way in other places that are supposed to be these accepting areas of the country. But you guys think to some extent, and I agree with you, I grew up in the the North. I'm still in the North. And there's a lot of truth to what you say, but without getting in, 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 into a real, you know, kind of a gray area, I, I believe, because I think what you were saying, um, Michael, is true. Relationships at a micro level, I believe people get along with each other of, of different races and different nationalities and different backgrounds on a micro level, at an everyday level, as we interact as human beings, as neighbors, as colleagues, as workers and everything. On a macro level, we hate each other. We hate each other as races, as nationalities, as, 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 as sexual orientation groups. We are supposed to, I should say, we're supposed to hate each other. But on a granular, granular, granular level, as we live our lives on a, um, a um, cellular level, we live our lives every day. I think people do get along much better than we are led to believe from the media or social media or from a political or partisan standpoint that we are adversaries and we hate each other. But when you get most close, much closer to the ground, I don't think that's necessarily true. Am I off base on that? I think you're right. Well, at least I'm not totally insane. <laughs> you know, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I agree, you know, I don't, and then I'll let Lisa speak for herself on that. But, um, I think a lot of the divisiveness is fabricated by like on a macro level, like you're saying, because I've never gone out and treated a black person or anyone else poorly because, you know, for any reason, really, let alone that because of their skin color. And I've never had a bad interaction with a black person. Uh, I, my two best friends and my two roommates all through college were both black. Like I never, and so, you, you know, like I said, live with each other, live next to each other here. You know, 
I didn't see as much of that when I was up north, but I just don't think it's I think a lot of it is portrayed and magnified at the media level than it is, you know, in reality. Well said. I agree. Lisa? Um, I have to disagree. Um, I think that you are looking at it from a, a lens that is different from mine. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's easy to say that um, when you know, you go places and um, you're following around the store. I mean, Crucible and I, you know, went back and forth one day when I told him that I was in, in Target and um, I was following. And um, he responded with, well, why is that? The, the um, stats show that people of color steal, you know, and... You know, I was like, first of all, just wow, you know, but the fact that, you know, don't say that, you know, you've never been in an interaction with a black person that was bad and, you know, two of your best friends were black, you know, oh, okay, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, um, my question is, and, and Crucible knows that I've asked this question before, would you want to be black? Would you want to, you know, spend just a, a day dealing with some of the stuff that we deal with. And believe me, I deal with stuff every, every day. I live in a, in, in a town that is uh, about 70,000, which is small, mostly white, you know, and some of the things that, I mean, I'm neighborhood watch, you know, all this other stuff. A lot of people know me, but yet I still deal with crap, you know, whatever. And it's, and it's ignorance, but I still deal with it. So I have to disagree. You know, so I'm going to give you an answer you probably won't expect here. Now, I want to first say I'm proud of being white. I think everyone should be proud of their skin color, period, right? But to answer your question about, like you know, would you want to be black? Yeah. Would you want to be black? Growing up, actually, and because I saw it, because I was in a situation where it was flipped, because I grew up uh, in a sports oriented uh, life and played, you know, big time college football. I was the only white person in my position group. And even my coach was black too. And they made comments to me all the time, laugh about it. I didn't really care. It was what it was. But I think that if I was just as good as what I was, but I was black, I would have gotten far more opportunities, uh, in that specific. Now I'm not speaking about other things. I'm just talking about for football and sports, I would have gotten far more opportunities and this actually is true. Uh, if you had two even people, and I saw this happen a lot, they'll, the colleges will recruit the black kid over the white kid every time. And it, cause it's a perception thing too. And so I think it would have benefited me, you know, as far as my pursuit in sports and getting into college and stuff. Absolutely. But again, that doesn't mean I'd want to change my skin color. Uh, and you're right. I'm, I'm seeing it through an outside lens. I don't know. Just like you don't know, you you know, speaking on me being white, right? I never will know. Uh, but that's kind of, you know, at the same time, there are situations, and I've been in the situation where the roles are reversed. 
And I understand that, but you know, I'm I'm just saying that to me, um, and I know that a lot of people are are you know going to push back, you know. But to me, it's like um, I think I see things that you you guys will, will will never see. And and Juju just said, you know, what about sun? Um, what about sundown towns? I mean, there are places that are sundown towns that are still on the books. I mean, I grew up in in Chicago, where if you went to the Southwest Side, you didn't go there. You did mm-hmm. not go there because we were not wanted. We would have been called the, the N-word so many times. You know, I, I, I went to a school that was, um, my high school was across the quote unquote border. And um, when my sister was a, was a junior in, in high school, they could not leave because a lot of white supremacists came to the school surrounded the school and said the ends cannot leave if they do we will kill them this was in 1978 all the white people were able to leave the black people i mean they were literally there overnight so you know it's like these are the things that i see these are the things that i grew, grew up with and if you go to a lot of these 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 towns now they are still sun downtowns you know, all the way up until like two, 2005 to 2006. And for people who don't know what a sundown town is, it meant that if you were a Negro, you had to be out of town by sundown. Even if you were cleaning Miss Mammy's house or Miss Ann's house or whatever, you had to be out of town by, by sundown or else you were either lynched or you were beat, or you were beat up or you were put in jail. And for those things to still be on the books, I mean, here in, 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 in California, when my husband and I, when we bought our house, when you read the, when you read the deed, it states on there about selling homes to Negroes. This was in two, 2003, <laughs> you know, in 2003, California, the place that's supposed to be the most liberal state, but it, it actually wasn't. It was a very red state. That is that's legitimately in your deed. Yes, 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 it is. I've never heard such a thing. I've never heard or seen anything like that. And 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 I'm going to well, of 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 course you haven't, you know. But I'm going to go one further. When my dad passed away in 2018, and um, we started to just you know kind of get things together, whatever. Then my mom passed uh, this past October uh, of, of, of 21. And my sister and I, we're going through the house and, you know, we're looking at legal documents and everything. And we're looking at the house that my parents bought in 1958. Now they had been in the same house for when my mother passed, it was 63, three years, the same house. And we're, we're going through and everything. And I knew what my deed said so I'm reading it, whatever, and it had things about Negroes cannot buy here and the Negro, whatever. And we kept wondering, why isn't this in their name? Why is it? Why is this in? Who is this third party? And we keep looking at this. We keep seeing this this third party. It was, and, and through the years, it was like transferred, and somebody else signed and signed and signed and signed until it wasn't until 1997 that it was officially put in my father's name. Now they bought the house and they paid it off and everything. But come to find out that my father had to go through a third party who was white in order to buy the house 
in the area that we were in. And we had bought a house in another part of the city, it would have been fine. But my parents chose to buy a house that was in a part of town that they did not want black people. And it was one of the places in town that was, it, it isn't like that now, but at the time, it was one of the best places to live in, in the city. More so now that white people are now coming back to, 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 buy, to, to, to buy there. We, we've had several offers for that house, you know? So you look at it and this is in, this is in the, in, in the deed, but this is stuff that we have to go through. So when so I hear, you know, that, oh, well, no, I understand that on a level where you know, everybody gets along. Okay. When, when, when you still go, you know, to buy homes and banking, you know, whatever, and, you know, you're still questioned, you have to give like 50 million pieces of ID to cash a $20 check. You know, I mean, we know what is going, going, going on. So do I think that, that on a micro level that things are fine and we're all, no, I don't because I see life through my reality. So the deed you're referring to, that's a 2003 deed. That right. is a 2003, yes. Two things. Wasn't the attorney uh, general in California black at that time? In 2003, was I, it was not Kamala Harris, I don't think. Okay. And then the, the second thing is, in 2003, uh, immediately, if that's true, and you probably still could. Why didn't you go to the? Why aren't you suing over that? Because there's laws in place that you can't have that kind of language. You can't discriminate at all. Like this has been around longer than 2003. No, no, you so are. No, true, no, I, mean, I mean, no. I mean, you are. You are absolutely right. I mean, nothing stopped us from buying the house because mm -hmm. um, we are the 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 town that we live in at the time. It was not a town. We did not become a town until two 2010. You know, mm -hmm. but at the time it was like, you know, you know, um, there weren't a lot of us and there still isn't. And Michael, I mean, I, I went to look at a house um, about a year and a half ago. It was my dream house. And I'm there and we had to show proof of income in order just to see the house. And was it a nice house? You said it was. It, it was my dream house and it was, it, it was, it was, uh, so they do that to me too. You know that, right? Like to white people too, especially when it's a nicer house. And yeah, I've had that happen to me personally when I was looking for a house back when I was in college and stuff. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. So this particular street is only five houses on, on the entire street. And I had looked at a house there before. Um, but then my father passed and, um, everything just, just, just blew up anyway. So I'm looking at the house that was across the street from the house that I had originally looked, looked at. And my realtor goes, you know, you know, there's a house that's across the street. I know you love you. You, you love that street. So I go in, we're looking at the house, whatever. And um, again, like I said, we had to show proof, uh, proof of income, whatever. So um, house is just beautiful, whatever. So we're coming out and we're standing outside and we're talking and I'm looking around and the house is on the corner and I go around, I'm asking this part of the property, blah, 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 blah. Well, the house that is across the street that I was going to purchase, the people come out and they have this big Trump sign that's hanging from, from their house. And I'm looking at it like, all right. So, 
so they're standing there and they're looking at us and she says the, the lady comes over and she goes are you thinking about buying here and i just looked at her and i said yes and she goes well we voted for trump and she turns around and she walks away and i'm like well what 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 the fuck did that me you know, like, me too what the hell you, know, you mean so <laughs> you i just... came so i came back we had put in an offer whatever and uh it was the the owner was was debating between me and this other person whatever so i'm sitting in the car i'm waiting for my realtor to come and the woman comes out and she says the same woman she comes out she knew exactly who i was and she goes there's no loitering here. She says, if you don't move, you will, um, uh, we will call the cops, whatever. And I'm like, I'm sitting here waiting for the, the realtor, whatever. So I take my car and I pull into the people's drive driveway, which I don't like doing because I don't own the house. I don't like pulling into people's driveways, whatever. And she says, move your car right now because your kind always causes trouble. Who is my kind, Michael? I get what you're saying. And you should have said, yeah, my kind also uh, has now an what, trigger. Now, what I <laughs> wanted to say to her, but I didn't was the house that she was in that I wanted to buy, that she has a mortgage on. I wanted mm -hmm. to tell her the house that I'm, that I'm looking at that I was going to be able to pay cash for. Yeah, you should have. You know, but, you know, but. You know, it, it just things, things, things like like that. You know, just you know, and I and, and I and I told my husband, I said, if we end up moving there, you're not going to be able to take your your night walks because my you know my husband likes to go walking at like 11 p.m. He takes one of the dogs with him, whatever. I said, you're not going to be able to to do that because I guarantee you, you'll either end up on the Channel Two News or I'll have to end up yelling and fussing at, at some cop or something. Because you were walking in, you know, with with a hoodie, minding your own business, walking the damn dog. So but you know, like, and you're and you're you're telling me these experiences, but you're you're coming from a state that is like supposed to be the most accepting state ever. But and that is, but see, but that is where you're wrong because you forgot that we've only been accepting for like twenty years. California was very very red. There are still people here who are like Reagan, Reagan, you know, whatever. And there are, and there are a lot of places. I mean, I live in a very conservative county. I live in a very conservative county. I didn't realize how conservative it was until we moved here. But I live in a, a very conservative county. The county that is, the, the city that is over from me is a sundown town. It is still on, on their books. It is still a sundown town. And I hate driving through there. I hate going going um, going through there at all. My my bank is uh, is uh, there, and they give you looks like, "What are you doing here?" How often do you see uh, like a mixed race neighborhood, like a legitimate mixed race neighborhood, black people living next to white people? How often do you see that? I no, no, I see it. I, is it common? I uh, see it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when we we have. I mean, there are there are. Black and white and, and 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 Asian people that that live on 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 my block, so I mean, so it is here, but I'm just saying that there's still issues. We still have issues. Because what I'm getting at is here in Tennessee, it's everywhere, every neighborhood. Like there's no, I mean, uh, it's 
it's common for me to see a black person buying a half million plus dollar house. Like it's nothing. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It just feels like it's more um, integrated here. And, you know, no one should be treated differently from the color of their skin. And I think that uh, a lot of people agree with that because I would go the route that if that stuff did happen to you, you know, if you were in a position where you were worried for your life, then you also should have the right to carry a weapon with you too. And when you use that weapon, you should be tried just like anyone else would be, right? For for whatever reason, you should everyone should be treated the same. But- and and I get that it doesn't happen all the time. I'm just saying that I'm just telling you where I come from, right? And and what my view on this is, and you're right, it's not right. I think that if that's truly happening, that more black people need to, um, you know, take advantage of of concealed carry, and and go get the, um, go you know go take advantage of the rights that they have that maybe they don't feel like they are entitled to, but they need to. I think one of the best ways to get over that or to combat that is to actually go and exercise those rights. You know, but when the black guys, that con- don't you think that conceal and carry would be detrimental to people of color that if if for whatever reason they were stopped and they had a gun that it would be shoot first ask questions I don't. later you know why as long as you did it like i would do it so i have a concealed carry permit i get pulled over you know what i say uh hey officer i have a concealed carry permit i don't or i do have my weapon on me first thing right a lot of times when you have that permit they know that you've already been vetted and background checked so that is, um, you know, something I think actually would be a benefit. And I think, so remember when, I think it was in 2020 when all the BLM riots were happening, there was that that group in Georgia, it's like that little militia group, and it was a bunch of black guys and women, I think. Uh, they were carrying around the AR-15s, they were marching, like a militia. I don't know if you saw that. And I didn't necessarily agree with everything. There were... Uh, you know, protesting, but I thought it was great that they were exercising that freedom. And I had no problem with it at all. And anyone that did have a problem, they're full of shit because they, they, no one should have a problem because they're an American. And as long as they're not a felon, and as long as they are legally able to carry that weapon, and when I say legally able to carry the weapon, I'm talking about the same legal legality that anyone else has to abide by, then there shouldn't be a problem with it. You know, when uh, that's the thing is we need to stop thinking or treating uh, situations like they're different or people like they're different and that we have different laws. No, the Constitution applies to everybody after the 14th Amendment. And then when the women were given rights to vote, it includes everybody. And and I think that people need to uh, start paying attention to that and acting on that and i think it would actually be very beneficial for the black community to push that and actually go out and and exercise those rights more than anybody and i think that that would help sway a lot of this narrative and i think so because you know is there a lot of crime that happens in black communities yeah statistically speaking yes there is 
But I think that if you are a law-abiding citizen and you live in one of these communities, go get a firearm. Please carry. I hope you do. I am not threatened by it at all. Well, I mean, no, I, I, I have that. I mean, I, I can carry, you know, whatever, but I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, you know, we have told officers before that there have been, been instances where they have been told that, you know, I have a gun, you know, whatever, and I am, I'm, I'm able to carry one. And it's like all, all, you know, everything's drawn, put your hands up, whatever, you know, it's like, it's a whole big, big thing, mm -hmm. you know? So I actually think, um, and Crucible and I have, you know, I've told him about this and he's totally 100% against it. And I, and I get it, but, you know, I've been calling around to, uh, H to HBCUs and, and, and various people. Uh, because I think one way for Black people to make ourselves heard is through the wallet. Right mm -hmm. now, we are a trillion-dollar um, 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 industry. And when I say that, I mean we spend close to a trillion dollars in this country every single year. Mm -hmm. And I think that we should have a Black economic boycott where Black people just stop spending money. And if they do spend money, they spend money at Black-owned businesses. And um, yes. You know why I have a problem with that? It's because there's a lot of Black people that work for white business owners. Yeah. And when you start hurting the white business owner, you really screw over those employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I totally get it. So, so, so then I said, okay, so do you target just places that have these repressive voter laws but one thing that gets people's attention is money is when you hit them in the wallet and right now with the way everything is with prices being high and gas and everything like that to have a segment of the of the community that would just stop spending money it would be a huge blow and i look back to you know Yes, I am going back six, uh, going back sixty years. But you go back to the Montgomery bus boy kind. It was like you want to treat us this this way. You don't want us to, to do this or whatever. Okay, we're going to stop riding the bus. And when they did, you know, they're getting up at four o'clock a.m. They're walking, you know, two three hours to to go to work. You know, they're starting to to car carpool. You know, whatever. And then. It started to, the, the, the bus company started losing money. So then the threats started coming. Then, you know, people were, were getting pulled out of their houses and they were beaten like, you better get on that bus. You better do that. They were like, no, no, no. They were, you know, some people were lynched. Their homes were burned and they were firebombed. All that because you need our money. You need us to ride this bus. The same bus where we would get on the bus and put our dime in the front and you would make us get off and get back on in the back. And sometimes you would just drive away and you thought it was funny. Oh, okay. Well, we almost bankrupt the bus company and we were able to have dignity and get on at the front. Fast forward to 1963, 1964 with, with Woolworth. It's okay for us to come in and spend our money. But when we came in, we had to come in through a certain door. But you won't let us eat at the lunch counters. So we do a sit-in and we say, we're not going to shop there. So we did our sit-ins and we stopped and we stopped 
shopping there. What did you all do? Or what did they do? They burned us with, with, with cigarettes, poured hot coffee on us, you know, beat us up, in, including the women, you know. But at the same time, Woolworth almost went bankrupt. What happened? We had the dignity to come in through the front door and we had the dignity to sit at the lunch counter. So now I'm at the point where do we need to do this again? Because the only way it seems that people listen is when we stop spending money. But solid what I, you know, and we have had this conversation before. And to my way of thinking, given the journey that African-American people have taken for inclusion and, and rightfully so, I am a huge proponent of rights for African-Americans. They have been screwed over beyond imagination. But don't you think a black boycott runs the risk of revisit of revisiting segregation, reinforcing segregation thinking in a separatist society way? In other words, is only patronizing black establishments and eschewing or avoiding white establishments are we, and I'm not comparing it to black and white water fountains or bathrooms, but are we revisiting a separatist and segregationist? In other words, blacks are doing their thing and whites are going to do their thing. Are we making any progress or are we just coming full circle to 1964 and what is accomplished in the process? That's a genuine question. If I'm ignorant on something, please tell me because to my way of thinking, we, we are potentially, and I understand what you're saying, the power is in the pocketbook and sometimes you don't get attention. And the African-American purchasing power is greater than it's ever been. So I understand the temptation. I completely do. But I'm a practical guy. Are we going to accomplish what we think we're going to accomplish or are we going to go a little bit backwards by separating ourselves again but are we but but are we really but are we really to to together now because what 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 i hear is please please don't do it because it will affect you know you know it will have a an effect you know, across the entire, actually, if we, if black people were to do that, it would affect the, um, the entire globe. I mean, that's how much our purchasing power is. When you go back to, to, to Tulsa, and there were hundreds of Tulsa's, there were hundreds of black neighborhoods that were doing so well. You had $1 that circulated through, through the neighborhood 38 times before it left. So we, I mean, we already were doing so well, but what happened? The people across the tracks, they didn't like that. They didn't like the fact that we were living in these mini mansions, you know, like, like, like the, the Jewish people, you know, when, when these places were firebombed, they came in and they took works of, of, of art that are now worth millions of dollars, you know, whatever they, they came in and they stole, they, they, they did all, all of this. And then they, and then they took the land. You know, I, so, 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 so to say that, are we going to go backwards? Maybe, but we never, we were, we're not looked as equal anyway. When you look at the playing field, if I go in, I mean, and, and I can say this, I mean, Crucible, you and I, we worked at the same place. My 
the money that I was making compared to my white counterpart and I knew more, I was getting paid less. You know, so, you know, what is equal? So when you say, are we going backwards? Have we ever been been forward? Or is it just that it's a concern that if you all were to do this, is going to affect me, but not so much as it'll, you know, we'll make that statement, but more concerned about, well, what's it going to do to me? Let me, can I, not spin it, but can I uh, put it a different way? Uh, all right, so let's say you do this boycott. What are you, what is the objective? Like, okay, back in the 60s, there's a clear objective. You boycott the buses because you don't want segregation on the buses. You boycott the restaurants. You don't want segregation on at the restaurants, right? So what is the objective now? Is it to try and change behavior towards the black community and the ideas uh, regarding the black community? Because there's not any laws in place, right, now that actually will... Uh, discriminate, but there is potentially, like you said, uh, the opinions and the ideas of people that are operating those places, that is what is ending up being hurtful. And are you trying to then persuade or change the way that society uh, either accepts or thinks about the black community? Is that what the goal is? Well, one, okay, one, one of two things. One is the fighting against the, or, or, or I want to say, excuse me, pushing back against the repressive voting laws. But even then, it wasn't just about riding the bus. It wasn't just about sitting at the lunch counter. It's about, can you just please treat me with some dignity? Yeah, can, but there can, were actual can you please laws. Just give me that, 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 re, that re, respect. Can we have a law enforced, I mean, you look at the city of, 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 of Baltimore, their, their police <laughs> department is so corrupt. You look at, at, at Chicago, it has been such a corrupt police force since, since the 1920s. It's, it is just corrupt. Can, can we just have some dignity, please? Can we, and I, please? And I get that. But but what I'm saying is going back, because you're right, but going back was what I'm saying is there was like a physical uh, concrete change that could be driven, you know, like, like sought out, right? Because you're going back to like the whole segregation thing where, you know, okay, black people have to eat outside or they got to use different bathrooms, different water fountains. You're talking about something, look, we just want to use the same water fountain. We just want to use the same bathroom. We want to be served just like everybody else. We want to be able to ride the bus, not worry about what seat we're on and not be messed with. Those are like actual physical fundamental changes that can be made. What I'm getting at is now you wouldn't have that because you're talking about like, okay, changing society's, you know, the way they treat the black community. That's more of a subconscious uh, change than there is any type of law or physical, you know, difference. And so what I'm getting at is if you were to do that and boycott businesses or whatever it was, especially when it comes to money, though, you're probably right, right? If the black people stop spending money, that's talking, you're talking about 12% of the economy gone. Uh, but then would it not actually make things worse because – if my business is suffering because of, you know, let's say, um, and hell, I could be just from here. 
I just moved here, let's say, and started a business from some other country. I had nothing to do with this, but you're boycotting me because I'm not black. You're not spending money on my business because I'm not black. I'm suffering, and there's no law. There's no change that I can make or anyone else that I know can actually make. I can't do anything differently. And so you're actually punishing me, and don't you think that would actually drive more hate <clears throat> to the black community if that were to happen? That, I mean, it, 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 yeah, yeah. And people would probably, you know, when while we're walking down the street, people will probably, you know, get mad and curse us, whatever. Yeah, you know. But, but I mean, but the I'm only saying, way that I can see, I mean, and, and I understand what, what 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 you're saying. You you're making a very good point. But at the same time, it's like the only way that I can see that we have been able to successfully push back is through the wallet. And I'm not saying that didn't piss anyone off before, right? Because it obviously did. Like, obviously not all white uh, people were okay with, you know, uh, integrating society back then. So it's not that it changed anyone's opinion, but it did change uh, your ability to, uh, you know, use the bus like you want to use it, to be served inside restaurants, to be, you know, go to the same schools. Like, you're talking about, it wasn't necessarily about changing opinions. It was about changing the rights and the opportunities. But now we are at a time where the rights and the opportunities by law are extremely equal, right? In fact, there's a, there's a, a, uh, an emphasis put on equality and several laws put on equality, but that doesn't always mean that you get equality from certain employers or certain just people out and wherever um and so what i'm saying is it no no i i, no, I mean no I, I, I just don't I, see it working i i i understand what, what what you're saying but michael can i stop you for a minute because i think raccoon yeah. wants to say something i think he wants to say something before you have to go i wanted to put in a small interjection there one thing that we have to do as human beings is we need to respect each other and we need to educate each other on respect of other people. I mean, that's, I was, I was brought up in a family where we didn't see color. Okay. My dad was kicked out of a store one time in Georgia on his way down to Fort Gordon for buying a little black kid, a Coke out of a store. And they, he, he went in and got two Coca-Colas in the little bottles. Yeah, and he went out and handed one to the guy, and the guy said, you better never come back to this store. My dad didn't understand that because he wasn't brought up that way. And that's that's the biggest problem is everybody is ignorant about the way they're brought up in the facts that they're taught a certain way, and that's the only way that they know. But we have to coming back around a bit and say, hey, you know, this, treat one another as you want to be treated yourself and not the racial biases that they have. And I don't have a racial bias because there's only one race on this planet, and it's a human race. But people don't look at it that way. They say, well, that person is not of my standard or that person is not of my color. It doesn't make any difference. If ignorance is there, you'll always have indifferences. And we have to re-educate. When this is all over with, the survivors will re-educate and depend on each other again. 
to get through. And hopefully there will never be any more slavery of any color on this planet. But it only comes through education and it only comes to the fact that people need to be able to do this. You know, they need to be able to say, that's not right. We need to integrate everybody and not just certain colors or certain hairstyles or certain pants links. You know, we're taught to put labels on everything and go with that. And it's always wrong. Whenever you put a label on somebody, you never know if that person's going to be the one who saves your life on your worst day. He may be the one doing CPR and putting his lips on yours and breathing back into the air that you need to, to kick back in. You know, and it's, it's, that's it's really menial good. to a certain point, but it's also critical that we all understand that we're all the same form on this we're not leopards and they are not lions and they are not bears they're we're humans and that's the way we should treat each other as humans not as a, a sect of people that's undesirable whether you're white black got tattoos long hair ride a motorcycle or ride a horse you know respect is earned not given but on the other hand, too, at the same time, is respect is something that you must give for the instance of just normal human beings. Okay. Except those assholes from Fort Myers. Fuck them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's <laughs> uh, Michael, I, I, I know that you're almost out of time, but um, I appreciate you letting me come on and say whatever. And if we can do a part two, I, I, I love to. I hope, um, you know, your listeners, you know, understand where I'm, I'm coming from. And I appreciate mm -hmm. them taking the time to listen. We've gotten a lot of good feedback. So I think it's been a good show. And I appreciate the conversation. Uh and hey, I'm open to any topic. So if you got another one you want to talk about, just shoot it my way and uh, we can do it. So it doesn't matter to me. Well, I do have another one, but I'll talk to you about that one. <laughs> but. Uh, well, yeah, you know, just. Well, this is certainly a great show, Michael, and solid and crucible and reckoning. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you guys uh, chiming in. Well, Crystal, um, you we well. look forward to con continuing these conversations here on this show and other shows. Great show tonight, guys. Thanks very much for having me. I very much enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, Lisa, you got anything else? I mean, it's uh, yours to kind of close it um, out. No, I mean, again, I, I, I just say thank you to, to everyone. Um, you know, uh, this is a conversation that can go, you know, on and on and on. And actually, Michael, I would actually, you know, want it. It was this topic or the critical race theory, that one. So I would like to. Well, I'll debunk that one 100% because I can tell you right now I disagree with it, but I don't think it's for necessarily the reasons why you think I do. Well, but, you know what? Uh, you And I may have it for the reasons that you may not think that I do. So, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, I mean, and, and once again, you know, these are conversations to me that have to be had so people can understand where the other person is coming from. And, you know, so that's all. Absolutely. No, thank you. Well, no, thank you. Um, we got a few minutes left. I'm going to close it out. So 
Uh, Eric, if you want to go ahead and actually just plug some shows in then to close it out, I'm going well, to stop uh, the Facebook feed, but you go well, ahead. I, well, I know, of course, you, you, you won't be doing your show tomorrow night since tomorrow night it's Slacker 82's turn, but but I know you'll have a, a regular Thursday show and impromptu shows at other times. And then I know the Low Standards and Pores podcast um, is on tonight right now on a special night. Um, um, and I know the Beans and Weenies show will be on tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Then you've also got the Old Man's podcast in the morning along with the Ralph William podcast also tomorrow morning before the Old Man. And, um, and of course, John Gale should be back on tomorrow evening um, as he took hiatus tonight for a family event. Um, and this Walt Doesn't Lie will be on Friday evening um, in you know 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then Jester will be back Sunday night around 11.30 p.m. Eastern time with a a regularly scheduled show plus he might throw in an m2 show you know at other times mm-hmm. and then then um, big daddy al does doomsday am in the mornings as well and and also be on lookout for mike tampa bay and john devito and slightly serious and a few other great friends here on podbean as well yeah awesome uh and guys before i go uh go check out wesn we're streaming on that right now we do oh and uh, is think, another good guy yeah. yep and uh, it, that's uh, Ralph Williams in the chat. Uh, he's the one that has – it's his uh, – I believe it's his app. So go check out WESN. It is a great platform. Uh, we're streaming on it now. Uh, WESN, not M, ESN. So – and if Ralph wants to put it in there, then ask Alexa. There you go. That's easier. Uh, yeah, go check it out. He's got some shows scheduled. We're trying, I think, to work out me being on there more. So be looking for us, usually about that 6 central time. Uh, but we'll always be on here as well. And then we're on YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel, please, everybody. Real Conservative Talk, go subscribe. It's free. doesn't cost anything. Uh, but I'm trying to grow that. So it'd be really nice of y'all if you did. And other than that, yeah, I will see you guys uh, Thursday. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you then.